Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, I do want to uh, be very mindful today is a sensitive subject, and uh, we are going to be talking about SEX. If you've got young ears, I want to um, inform you that this is probably going to be a PG-10 range, and so... uh, I just wanted to forewarn you, parents, this is up to your discretion. Uh, We do have a TV um, in the uh, fireplace room that if you're feeling like you want to just spend some time with your youngster there and have them be preoccupied, but you can still hear and see the message, I want to give that opportunity for you. So I just wanted to let you know, uh, so yeah, if you've got youngsters, please, um, please, you can make your way and just as a parent, use your discretion. So uh, let's pray, and then we'll get on with uh, this message. Father, we just thank you so much for, um, for your word and, and really understanding that you talk about so many difficult subjects sometimes. And, and Father, it's important that we delve into them uh, because, Lord, you, you really want us to get your heartbeat um, and really understand your kingdom. So, Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through me this morning that it would not be my words, um, Lord, that it would be your words that are spoken, that people would be open and receptive. Father, I just pray right now that you would uh, give open hearts, that we would, an open mind, Father, to hear what your word has to say. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, I first want to report um, that, that I did not make a lunch for Audra last week. But I did make dinner with my oldest son last week. So you can give me a hand for that. Make me feel better. So the, 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 I told you I'd post something. I did post it. And all you men were like, why did you do that? You just made me look bad. You set the standard. And I'm just trying to... I just must be magnetic this morning. There was something following me here. Well, today we are talking about sexual boundaries and those who bend them. Sexual boundaries and those who bend them. Um, I will be addressing LGBT. I'll be addressing sex outside of marriage. Um, And these are some difficult topics because uh, we know, I mean, just this past week, our federal government, our president has uh, removed the uh, pressure from a, a national perspective to have transgender bathrooms in public areas, mainly schools. They are putting it down to the state level. This is not a political message. We're going to go into what the Bible says, but it's important to understand what's going on in our world today. And how does the Bible apply to that? This is the message on FAQ, frequently asked questions, and some of you have questions. How do we wrestle as followers of Jesus? How do we wrestle? with this idea that our culture is changing around us. And what we thought was traditional ways of thinking and living, all those are getting kind of skewed. And and how do we navigate that? I also want to be really mindful that, you know, we take topics like this. Can I tell you what? New Hampshire, the state of New Hampshire, um, has about 1.3 million people in it. And statistically, they're saying that those who would consider themselves LGBT, uh, which is gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, 
those uh, amount to 3.7% of our population. What that means is there's like 31,000 people who would consider themselves in that category. It's a real topic. It's a real issue. And um, same-sex attraction is uh, teenagers. You guys are dealing with it at school. That, that girls are wanting to hang out with girls. Guys are wanting to hang out with guys in, in a way that you would say, wait a second, that just goes beyond friendship. And so today we're going to be, for you youngsters, all the way up to uh, those of us who are getting older, this message is going to be for all of us. I think we first have to start with a couple passages to, to, to lay the framework. It's really important, guys, that you bring your Bibles because, um, especially when we deal with topics like this or your devices, that we root everything in Scripture and we, we attack this from the biblical perspective. So if you'll turn with me to um, Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, put a finger there when you find that. I also want, or a bookmark, I also want you to um, go to John chapter 8. We're going to start in Luke chapter 10. Um, while you're going there, I, I want to tell you a story. I, uh, I have a friend um, who shared with me not too long ago that um, his daughter... He's no longer wanting to be a girl. And so much so that she's wanting to get treatment to, um, to become more like a boy. And the breaking of a father's heart to see his little girl, who are, who's now in her 20s, decide to say, I don't, I don't want to be a girl anymore. And how to navigate that as a parent, as a father. You know, sometimes we, we love to put people in categories and we talk about these in topical ways and almost we, our minds get segmented to, oh, that's them. But when it hits home and you hear the story behind the why that she is making those decisions, she was bullied heavily in school. As a freshman, she was sexually abused by somebody at school. And she's afraid to be a girl. She feels unsafe to be a woman. So she feels like her only option is to be a man. You see, the story, there's always a story behind a category. And I want us to get the heart of Jesus first and foremost when we go through this. So Luke chapter 10, verse 25, it's, it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. A parable is a story that Jesus tells to make a point. There's a lawyer, starting in verse 28, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Testing Jesus. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? I always love it. Jesus always answers the question with a question. And he answered, you shall love your neighbor. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. 
Do this and you will live. This is interesting. Now he says, the lawyer goes, but he said, desiring to be just, to justify himself. Put yourself in here. We justify ourselves all the time. But this lawyer, trying to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, and he goes on telling the story of the Good Samaritan. In essence, I'm not going to read this, but what Jesus is saying is, is like, you want to know who is your neighbor? And Jesus flips that question. He says, you need to be a neighbor. You see, when we say, who is my neighbor? We put people, we want categories and say, well, people who are like you, that's your neighbor. You know, white, middle-class Americans, that's your neighbor. Oh, I can relate to them. But when he says, be a neighbor, you have to go against all class, all background, all ethnicity, all sexual orientation. He says, no, be the neighbor. Because the, the Good Samaritan was about a guy who gets beat up alongside this road and, and the religious guy passes by and another guy passes by and, and everybody is saying, oh, I can't touch him, he's unclean or I can't, it's my Sabbath, I can't go over here. And all these excuses, read the story yourself. But then there's a Samaritan man who, who sees this man and he becomes a neighbor by meeting him where he's at, meets his needs. Not only does he pick them up, puts them on his donkey, he takes them to a place and, um, and makes sure he's well looked after and the Samaritan pays for this man to be cared for. You see, I think we need to start in this story when we talk about this subject because Jesus loves to address our hypocrisy. He loves to address our desire to put people in categories. And we would say sometimes, oh, yes, we follow you, Jesus, we follow you, but this is the limit of which my love extends. And it's like we draw boxes around, well, as long as people are like this, then, okay, they're lovely and they're worthy of my love. But the moment they, they go outside the boundaries of what I think is right, then my love ends there. And Jesus is trying to tell us that that our love shouldn't end with any prejudices. Our love shouldn't come so short because of our insecurities of people who are not like us. So then, if you turn over to Luke chapter 10... Sorry, John chapter 8. We were in Luke 10. John chapter 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 8, starting in verse 53. There's a woman who is caught in adultery, sexual sin. And... And the Pharisees who are trying to almost trip up Jesus to try to see how is Jesus going to handle this, bring this woman to him who's been caught in adultery, and they bring them to Jesus who is teaching in the temple courts at this point in time. And they said, you know, what should we do with this woman? Because the law 
says that she should be stoned, put to death. And you've got to see this picture that here's a woman who's being dragged out by a bunch of men. We don't know her story of why she is caught in adultery at this point. But they want to justify themselves by stoning her to say, we need to show everybody else that this is sin and this is wrong. Let's read this, starting verse 53. They went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple. All the people came to him and sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, command us to stone, it commands us to stone such a woman. So what command, says, so now in the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down, wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without a sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. I want to remind every single one of us here John 8, what Bible are you reading from? Who has eight? Oh, so you know what? Actually, it is one. In my book, just so you know, I'm not lying. Actually, they put 53 in here, actually, 753. It goes 8-1, but it actually starts in chapter 8 in my Bible. So I've confused you all. My apologies. It is chapter 8, verse 1. Mine just happens to start under 8, but it is 753. Are we clear? Yeah. <laughs> Crystal confusion. All right. 8-1. So the point is, thank you for waving your hands at me. For those of you who are watching this on line right now. You didn't get this commotion where you are, thankfully. All right, so here's the thing. We're going to now, at verse 7 of chapter 8, are you with me? And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Can I remind each one of you you have sinned, chances are pretty good you're going to mess up again. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground, but when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. It's interesting that it's the older ones who decided, mm, maybe we should like walk away now. And Jesus was left alone with a woman standing before her. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, 
No one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. You see, the big dilemma, I believe, for us in the church is we read the scripture like that and we say, oh, see, Jesus, you know, he, he, he covers sins. He, he's so forgiving. But then we start getting into categories like gays or lesbians or transgenders or bisexual. And all of a sudden we start to make different categories in our minds as if somehow an adulterous woman is anything different than other people who are trying to navigate life. See, I would say put that adulterous woman in any category because we know the Bible, most of us know the Bible, that, that marriage is between a man and a woman. And sex is to be in the confines of a married couple. If you are a teenager and you're having sex and you're not married, you can insert yourself into that category as an adulterous woman. Now, before you start feeling judged or condemned, you have to understand what Jesus says, who's there to condemn you. I have an uncle that's gay. And I've had a wrestle. How do I navigate this in life? You know, it's interesting because, and this is not true for everyone, and I know people who might struggle with same-sex attraction or would classify themselves as either a gay or a lesbian, that they would say, um, don't put that blanket on us, which is, People who are that have been abused. Some have, but not all. My uncle's story was he was abused by another man when he was a little boy. It created some confusion in him. And he's had to walk through that and wrestle through that. And how do you follow Jesus? He's, he's a believer. How do you follow Jesus in the midst of that? But you have to put it in the context of all of these things that we're talking about in how Jesus views people. He loves people. He died for all people. And he doesn't categorize people because guess what? We're all one category. People who are fallen, who are broken, who want to be loved, who want to be forgiven, who want to be accepted. The interesting thing of this story, though, is because there's two ways we can deal with this. We can either say, we condemn those who are different than us. We got to put up the barriers. They're infiltrating us. Wrong. Or we can say, you know what? God is love. Let's just love them. Yes, God is love, and we need to love them. Like we need love, because guess what? We have sin that we need to be forgiven for, but when you, they encounter Jesus like we encounter Jesus, what has he said? He goes, go and sin no more. You see, that's the part of it. I think we have to understand that it's our job as followers of Jesus is to help people get close enough to Jesus so Jesus can do a work in their hearts. 
It's not our job to fix anybody. It's not our job to condemn anybody. It's not our job just to point fingers at anybody. Our job is to help bring them to Jesus. You see, I I don't think, I've been wrestling with this all week, but the Pharisees loved to look at right living. I think Jesus cared about people living whole. You see, I I don't know if we always just, when we're focused on right living and that's our focus, we forget about the story and forget about the heart and Jesus was about the heart and he was about the story. And he was saying, you know what? I care about you walking whole in life, the, the way that I've designed you. And I wonder if we start looking at people's lives in that way and instead of pointing out, oh, they're not living right. Yeah, remember, when you're pointing at somebody, you got three fingers pointing at you. Yourself. All right, I, got, I, got, I asked three girls to come up here. I have a little illustration for the, for the uh, youngsters up here. So those girls that I asked to come up. And uh, can you just, on your way up, yes, Bri- uh, Brianne, you, can you just grab that tape too, please? All right, I got these three girls. I got another one, right? Oh, awesome. All right, I just want to, I want to let you know, right? We, this is, this is going to be a little bit of a sex talk, girls. I'm sorry. So pretend I'm like your dad, sitting you down, having that talk. But this is for everybody else. Sex is to be in the confines of married. If you are not married and you're living together and you're having sex, it's wrong. And I know there's a preacher who will marry you. I'll be happy to marry you. All right, so you girls are not married, so you should not be sleeping around. Okay, so here's the deal. The reason being is God has designed He's designed these things to be wonderful, and he's designed to keep you whole. Could you mind putting up your sleeve a little bit? I, I have a little illustration. Yeah, use one. So, so your name is? Hannah. Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Everybody give a big grand for Han- <laughs> Hannah. There. Yeah, round of applause. Your name is? Brianna. Brianna. Okay, give a big hand. And your name is? Danny. Danny? Yeah. All right, so how old are you? Fifteen. Yeah, give her a hand. Danny hand, too. Fifteen? Fourteen? Fifteen. Oh, wow, we're at perfect age. So here's the deal. So this is like packing tape. It's really sticky tape. So God has designed marriage. Like what the Bible says, the two shall become one. It's a mystery. I know that. But, but where you're meant to like bond together, and that's what happens that, that marriage night. But what happens is, so if you, you don't mind if I put like the sticky tape on your arms that has hair on it, right? Oh my word. So so what so what happens is let me just make sure it's right here. Wow, you have you have some hair there that you might not have in a little while. So so you have decided to make a poor choice, and I'm not speaking this over you, this is hypothetical because you would never do it. I know your character. But but unfortunately you made a bad choice and, and you gave yourself before marriage. And now you've bonded with that guy. But the problem is, is he was just a loser of a guy. Now he's on to somebody else. And he takes a part of who you are, because you've bonded to become one. And, oh, my word. Wow, look at all those on there. All right, how, how you doing? So, so then, unfortunately, this guy, this guy, I'm going to move over here for a second, Danny. This guy is a real loser, and he decides to convince Bree that he needs to be with her. And, 
Yes. It's not true, because I know your character, your integrity. You're going to keep yourself pure until you get married. Good job, Bree. All right. So, so unfortunately, this guy now, he's not only a loser, but now he's taken a part of her. Now he's also, because there's all these hairs and stuff from that, and it's just like part of her is now with you. You try to bond, but it's not as a little bit, but not as sticky, actually. Wow, you got the brunt of it. I am sorry. <laughs> but there's some. There's some now has come off from you. Dead skin. Love it. All right. Oh, this is kind of gross, Danny. All right. So here comes Danny, and, and this guy's a super loser. He's, like, making his rounds. And now he's like, you know, I'm trying to bond. You're trying to bond, whatever. And now barely at all. So the problem is every single time that somebody gives themselves to another person that's not their mate for life, their, their partner for life, their husband or wife for life, they realize that they come broken and not completely whole because they've given parts of themselves away. And, and so God's going to, he can forgive you, yes. When we make mistakes, I have to say, can you give them a big hand, by the way? Thank you, guys. Thank you. You guys can have a seat. I didn't come to my marriage whole because I made poor choices in my life. Um, Audra, on the other hand, did come to the marriage whole, but I had a hard time. God needed to do work in my life because I did not have the ability to bond the way that God intended us to bond. Now, he's brought healing in my life, and, you know, we've, we're in a good place in our marriage after 23 years, but, but thank you, yes. But I have to say that these are the things that God's way is the best way. And so when I say, you know, because we can get all legalistic with our young people. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do that. But if we never understand that God cares about your wholeness, that he wants you to enter a marriage complete and whole, that you haven't been taking bits and pieces of yourself and giving it away to other people along the way. So who's the adulterous woman to you? Who, who are those people that you put in those categories? Because I'm going to run through the, the, the four things, the four filters that we said that were important to run this through, through the, the filters of the kingdom of God, which were salt, light, leaven, and seed. Let's say it all together. Salt, light, leaven, and seed. Leaven is like yeast. So salt, salt. When Jesus encountered that woman who, were, who was caught in adultery... He saw a woman who was probably hurting and who was broken. When I say broken, it's not like they're, 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 they're not... I want to be careful when I say that word. I don't want to feel anybody feel broken, per se, but it's just they're not whole. They're not whole, fully the way that God's designed them to be. And you see, he decided to see a woman instead of looking at a category. The Pharisees looked at a category. If you look at this slide, light is, or salt, is, is understanding that our words will speak life. And so we have to understand there's a person there that's not a category. So when you 
encounter somebody who would be, say, a gay or a lesbian or transgender, whatever it is, you'd have to say, okay, what's, <laughs> what's the heart behind all of this? Because there's a story here. And as long as we look at them as categories, then that's where we put up signs and that's where we pick it and that's where we like get angry. And it's not the way that Jesus would do it. It's a person that Jesus died for on a cross, that Jesus loves salt, light, Let's display Jesus by displaying love. So, so when Jesus encountered this woman, his compassion for her was what was evident at that time. His compassion. You see, the Pharisees, the ones who are considered about right living, boy, the law says we need to stone her. Let's do it. Let's show everybody how she deserves it. There's <laughs> a lot of things that we did in life that we don't deserve. A lot of good things, but Jesus in his mercy and his grace extended love to us while we were yet sinners. He died for us. He didn't say get your life together first. Eleven, come humbly to create an atmosphere of grace. When you're, encounter somebody who's different than you, who is maybe going through gender therapy or it'd be really easy to say, hey, hey, you know, that's not right. And put up walls and barriers. Jesus instead, he, he knelt in front of a woman. Yet he bent down and wrote something in the sand. Probably culturally that was not right. A man, a teacher, because he was teaching in the temple courts at the time. A teacher would would kneel down in front of an adulterous woman he humbled himself before her are you willing to do the same are you willing to be the salt the light the leaven and then the seed and jesus he became the shield from the attackers there are a lot of hateful people out there who would say that the gays deserve this and it's not a pretty this, whatever they're saying is this. Ah, they should just be, you know, I'll put it in Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, and just let the place burn. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus shielded the woman from the attackers who wanted to stone her, who felt justified to stone her, and yet he put himself between the stones and her. Would we be willing to do that? 
The one that's being teased at school for being different. The one in our workplaces that, oh, we know who they are. And the jokes around the office. Yeah, you don't have to agree with their lifestyle. We do know, the Bible's very clear, that marriage is between a man and a woman. We do know it's very clear that sex is meant for the confines of marriage. Between a man and a woman. And everything outside of that is is sin. But Jesus just has a way of coming close and dealing with people's hearts. You see, I wonder if it's really not our job is to, our job is not to point fingers. Our job is to remove the barriers so people can come close to Jesus. That's our job, right? That's our job is to remove those barriers and we remove barriers best by loving people for who they are. We remove barriers by understanding there's a story behind their pain. There's a story behind everybody's pain. I tell you, it is not easy, even this, in this culture where our media tries to make it seem so normal, but there's so much pain. Why is the suicide rate so high for those people who are in the LGBT community? Can I tell you what also, this is some church, I want us to understand as a church, as a follower of, of Jesus, that we understand that this is a church where we can love and accept, but we'll also say this. We know if you come close to Jesus, he's going to change you. He's going to change you. I get so insecure in these messages because I, I see some people walk out and it's like, oh man, am I making some people mad? They probably just have to go to catch something, you know, and it's like I'm, my mind's going crazy on. But guys, I want you to understand the heart of Jesus. By no means am I saying that it's Right. but I am saying we have an obligation as followers of Jesus to let people come close to Jesus. And the best way they can come close to Jesus is the followers of Jesus can allow them to come close to Jesus instead of putting up walls and pointing fingers. Because you know what? That community is such a close-knit community because I've talked with people who are in that community. They feel like they've got friends in that community, but the moment that even just one of them starts to waver of like, well, maybe I don't belong, maybe, maybe I need to change, maybe I'm truly not this, they'll drop you like a hot potato and they're now left for where do I turn? And if they can't turn to the church, where are they going to turn? We are not going to be hanging any flag outside their walls because here's the deal. Those ones who do that, it's like God is love and that's the end. But God is love and this is why I love this story because this is what Jesus says. He shielded her. She knew very well she was in sin. Here's the thing. When people are in sin, they know very well that things are not right. 
But this is what he says. After he shielded her, after he saw all the accusers leave, then he says, who's condemning you? He says, neither do I condemn you. But this is so important. In her encounter with Jesus, then he says, go from now on. From now on, sin no more. From now on, sin no more. If the worship team wants to come up. I want to let you know if you've had relationships outside of marriage. From now on, go and sin no more. If you're struggling with your gender identity, if you have... Oh, my table just left. If you have people in your lives, family members, like I do, I personally struggle with my uncle. But will I be Jesus to him? But will I be Jesus to him? To be salt, light, leaven, yeast. Kids, I know in your schools, I hear stories. My kids are in high school. As kids are trying to figure out who they are and they're wrestling through so much stuff. Would you determine that you're going to be a friend to those who are different than you. We're struggling through things. Church, would we be known as the ones not to judge or condemn, but to bring them to Jesus and let Jesus do work in their life? I want to be clear. Homosexuality is a sin. But so is in that pen that you took from work that wasn't yours. Sin is sin. But Jesus went to the cross to take our sin that we could be made whole. You see, we got to stop just thinking about how do I live right, but we got to be thinking about how do I live whole? How do I live whole? And the only way that I know that I can live whole is get close to Jesus, allow the Holy Spirit to work in my life, which means that means we've got to keep the barriers coming down so we can allow more people who are broken, who are trying to find wholeness and say, come to the one, come to the one who can make you whole. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Father, I thank you this morning that you've modeled for us. There is no condemnation. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I really felt like this today that there would be some healing for this topic. 
I want everybody's eyes. This, this is sensitive, and I, I want to protect people's privacy in this moment. So I, I'm really asking. I know you people in the back, you might like want to sneak a peek. Don't do that, please. Everybody's eyes closed. If you've ever struggled with gender identity, with homosexuality, and I'm not going to even say sex outside of marriage. Would you just, or the LGBT whole category, if I'm not categorizing you, I'm just saying that's a, if you struggle in any of those areas, would you just slip up your hand real quick, real quick, put it back down, real quick, put it back down. Thank you, thank you. The room is full. People will put up their hands. But Jesus, this is a safe place. people to come and encounter you. Jesus, you want us to walk whole. Jesus, you want us to walk free. Father, I pray right now for people who have struggled in the past, whether it's sex outside of marriage which is, or sexual identity issues. or Jesus, I know I was one of them. Before I got married, Lord, I made mistakes. And yet, you chased me down and you forgave me. You loved me. You put me on this journey towards healing and freedom. Father, I pray that you would do that for this crowd here today. That as we sing this song, I do believe that as God brings that to you, that if you want to come and just, I want the Lord to minister to you this morning. We'll have people, if you say, I, I do need somebody to pray for me afterwards, that we can, you can, we can do that for you. But I want this to be a place where the Holy Spirit ministers to you, that you come close to Jesus and let him, there's nobody throwing stones here. There's nobody throwing stones here. There's only love, acceptance, and forgiveness right here today. So as we sing that song, would you respond to him? Respond. And real quick, before you jump into that, Richie, is there anybody here who needs to, I shouldn't say needs to, but wants to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior that has not done that yet? Just slip up your hand. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Anybody else? Today's the moment here. You, you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Okay. Guys, just close your eyes for a minute. We need to allow this woman to come into a relationship with her father. All of us are going to be reminded, but especially you put up your hand. Anybody else? Just whisper this prayer. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for my sin. I understand I'm a sinner saved by your grace. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. 
I want to put you the Lord of my life, put you above all things. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for reserving my spot in heaven today. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 